0: This is Making Light. Julie Hurt and Kate Fogger are soul-level intuitives and animal communicators. This show is about us sharing our experiences in the hope it will help others along their path. So let's go make some light. Hi everybody, I'm Kate Fogger, this is Julie Hurt and together we are Making Light to... Tormans! So what we've been doing is taking a theme and looking at it through... The lens of different negative beliefs because in the coaching that julie and i do this is our soul level intuitive coaching um we recognize four main negative beliefs which i think everything i've come across falls into them or some hybrid of them so they're basically not lovable not good enough not worthy not safe supported and protected and soul level coaching is all about identifying your workarounds. so these are your behaviors you use in order to Stop feeling bad due to your negative belief. An example would be if you were scared as a child because you were reprimanded or, or, God forbid, abused by your parents, you might have the workaround hiding, which means as an adult, this then becomes an issue because you got in this habit of hiding and you don't know how not to. So you hide in order to feel safe. Um, so that would be your workaround. So that's really what we're doing. We've been looking at these workarounds and then looking at them through the lens of a particular negative belief so that you can see how it works. Also, just because it's fun and we like doing it. Um, but last week we talked about denial. So this was a um I was gonna say consumer request, it's not really a client, a, a watcher, a, a follower, a what? Customer request. Client,
1: yeah, client I, request.
0: That's one, that's <laughs> the one. client request that we look at denial, which I have to say stumped me a bit, but I'm quite warming to it. Um and we it ended up being a coaching session on me because I've only just watched it. Still get angry looking at it, <laughs> bringing it all that, all that. Thanks. So um, we did a sort of um, Julie did a, a, a session on me um, with her guides looking at my stuff. So we covered a bit of denial there, but it wasn't any i mean there was not good enough and not worthy but it was really a mishmash so i didn't designate it as one or t'other so today we have a fascinating subject which i we think we can fold round to denial one way or the other um my mother is um uh what's the word end of life just as a roller coaster at the moment yesterday i thought she was dying and today she's she's not fine obviously she's not fine but she's um was sitting up in bed and having breakfast so you know what can you do and i've been warned about this both both my husband and my friend that it will just go but I, it's exhausting however we would talk with julie's mom is also suffering from dementia at a different stage still at home with the family mm-hmm. or with your uh her, your father, father. rather mm-hmm. um and um, what sort of julie said is isn't it fascinating to see what dementia is teaching us and I have a lot to say that. So we were going to give that a go um, and see where it takes us. Should we mm-hmm. just do that then, Julie?
1: Yeah. And, and and as you were talking, there's a couple of things that came to mind as well. Thank you, guides. Um, so if we think of denial as a means to shield ourselves from something, so whether it be the truth, whether about somebody like I, you know, like somebody could say, um, you know, Cindy is, is a hard person to deal with. And I would deny that. No, she's not because I don't necessarily want to see the truth. I'm sure Cindy's a lovely person. I am just saying, but there could be some kind of denial, which would be a veil in order to shield myself. The, um, or if it's something about myself you know like hey julie you know every time you do something you you make me feel badly no i don't like that kind of a thing so if i if i think about it in terms of of denial being a a veil where we were talking about our both our moms this morning was um their veils are have dropped like you've witnessed this as your mom's gone through her process i'm watching it happen with my mom there's certain um Filters, aka veils, that are dropping as my mom doesn't, she's very present, right? So she doesn't remember. Like the other night, we were having dinner and she would select what she wanted and then she couldn't remember. And this particular restaurant, the menus were on iPads, which for senior citizens, I beg of you, younger people, out. <laughs> please provide a printed copy. Because to it's, sometimes it's challenging. I, I get it. It makes sense. Yay. You could probably update it on the fly because it's all fed. Just something. Because it's just hard. So just be mindful of the elders and what they're capable of. And meet them where they are. That's all I say. That's a side note. Huh? Sorry, what? No, it's not just about
0: old people. It's the people that have to sit with them.
1: Well, yes, that too. That too. So my mom picked what she wanted and showed me. Luckily, she showed me. And then she kept looking at them. She couldn't remember what it was that she, because of course, then the screen changes, right? So then she couldn't remember. And I had to keep pressing on the thing, which was fine. And I would have had to do that if it was printed anyway. Just just know that sometimes technology says one more thing that they have to try to navigate. And and from from a person with Alzheimer's, frustration can, can be a thing. Like there are times when my mom gets frustrated and you can just see that anger just come up and that gets unleashed on me. So (laughs) please just be mindful. Anyway, I digress. So, um, but she's very much in the, in the present and in the moment. So she, she doesn't think about what all she can and cannot say, based on what could someone else's reaction be so like she will say like I don't remember I don't remember or she looked at me she had like I told I told you earlier Kate she had a moment of lucidity and she looked at me she's like even if I don't remember please remember that I love you even when I get to the point where I don't remember please and I'm just like I just wanted to bawl and cry and all I did was hug her because I'm oh like, just so I would to cry in front of her. Because I didn't, because I, I, my veil, right? My denial was I didn't want her to feel bad, right? And she's just putting it out there in a way that I've never seen. So like my whole, I grew up in a family that we didn't really talk about what was going on. We didn't really talk about our families, you know, Midwestern, German, Catholic, all the things. Nope, we don't go there. And my mom's right in the middle of it. If she sees something, she calls it out, Right. So the other, what, did you want to say something? Sorry, I'm like. No, no, no. So the other thing that happened was that our waiter, our waiter was a younger man who was really well built. <laughs> and he had this t-shirt on that actually would not be my mom's thing. Like, cause my mom owned women's clothing store for career women and mother of the brides, right? So she had a, yeah, go ahead.
0: Oh, I have to stop you there. Cause when you say yeah. that not have been my mom's thing, well, you don't know that. Because it obviously is now. Exactly. Yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. So back in the day, that's not ever, this is never anything she would have, right? She wouldn't have known, she wouldn't have called it out in front of her daughter. But, and she would probably wouldn't have said it in front of her husband, hey, you know, this guy, I really like that. You know, the t-shirt wasn't her style, but she also wouldn't have done the next thing, which was she said to him, I really like your t-shirt. And he said, thank you. She's like, but I'm curious what it would look like without you, without the t-shirt on. So she was commenting on his physique. And oh my gosh, like the the my my husband, my dad, and me, we just went, no, mom, no, <laughs> don't say that. Cause our, you know, we were denying her being in the moment. We were, oh my God, mom, you can't say that. You can and if that had been my dad saying it to a woman, hold. Oh my gosh, no way. But my mom was absolutely saying exactly what she thought. Yes, he's a great looking guy. Let's
0: just call it out. You told me this before. And I just want to say for the, for those on the podcast, Julie's miming climbing under the table practically. Um, <laughs> but when you said that, you see, I suddenly heard it differently when you said it this time, and not necessarily in a creepy way. If he was very, obviously very muscular, that could have been a genuine curiosity. I mean, it doesn't matter. Um, it's But it, it, what's interesting through this whole thing is it's all about what should be said and shouldn't be said these unwritten rules that we all abide and don't even know exist until someone crosses them and then we're all like oh! you know mm-hmm. dare you when you yeah. know so what but it's interesting yeah. you say that even about his t-shirt and you think if your mum was in fashion maybe she didn't allow herself to like because you said it was a sort of gothic slightly punky type shirt yeah yeah maybe she wasn't allowed to like things like that so she grows up thinking those things are are you know not pretty not attractive not for her and now she doesn't give a fuck and she looks and she goes I quite like that quite like the design of that and and oh muscles (laughs) do you think do you think she was being shall we say I don't want to say sexy because she's your mum, but was she being sexy or just curious all of the above <laughs> okay well I, I have heard that Carrie's mom used to try and talk to me about um her sex life I was like I, you know I hardly know you Valerie please don't just don't mm. just, it's funny that that as you say no filters
1: yeah and one of the one of the questions as they go through their assessment um for dementia Alzheimer's whichever you know however they need to categorize it um One of the filth, one of the questions was inappropriate sexual comments, which has been a thing. And I'm just, and I just find it interesting. And we we were talking earlier this, this, so in the United States, we were colonized originally by Puritans. And so this Puritan mindset around sex and around the human body persists in this country which is where we see a lot of the, some of the culture wars in, in this area. And it might other places. Were the, were the Puritans, were they British then? No, they were most, uh, were they British? Someone has to say, but I believe a lot of them were Dutch and or British. Maybe both. No, it must
0: have been British because we
1: all spoke English. I don't know, what the heck.
0: We're all terribly repressed. I mean, I wouldn't call it <laughs> but we are terribly repressed. Well, and, Compared to the Europeans, you know, South. Yeah. Sam- and nudity and all of that we're awfully repressed yeah I'll have a google here. Pur- i yeah maybe they're british
1: i just know that the puritans were even repressed by wherever they came from for practicing their more strict religion and i could be wrong on this so if i am people in the comments call me out um because i'm right now studying a different history anyway um however when you look, there's a movie that Michael Moore did years and years ago called Bowling for Columbine. And it was about when shootings in the United States school shootings happened. And, it, and he brings it all the way back to the puritanical culture that predominates this country's culture to some degree. So anyway, but because we're so we don't want to talk about any of that. What I find really interesting is that this is one of the call outs that someone has dementia or could have dementia or Alzheimer's. Because they can now, they now, they don't care. Like, they're just going to talk about, they're not going to deny
0: that they have. And it's not, it's not to be offensive. And this is where, this is what the denial, I think element is, is like, we shudder, shock, embarrassed, because we read offense in that. Whereas your mom is actually just making a statement. It is the, Construct of the person who listens to it that makes that um rude or makes it. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. explaining that very well, but it's all about perception of whether something is rude or not when the actual words themselves are completely harmless, really.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Completely harmless. You know, I wonder what you look like under your shirt. Well, if you're some sort of pervy old man looking at a teenage girl, is it well even then you know in some cultures it's not it's not because nudity's not no, you know no. we've turned it because I get embarrassed just thinking about it I'm terribly repressed and the older I get the more I realize I am when I was 18 I thought I was cool as fuck and nothing could shock me but mm. I realized that actually underneath it all there was a lot of bravado at 18 but I have regressed back to some sort of sour middle-aged woman who doesn't like to even think of the unmentionables you know and but we are we are we're just like and that's a that's a denial it's a denial of of you know I've got this group that um skinny dips and I have been a couple of times I'm not that enamored with it I mean it's it's a lot easier to get dressed afterwards especially in the cold because obviously you're not trying to take wet stuff off but I don't get in the water and go oh it feels lovely against my skin it's like I don't it's not a, a really big deal to me I might feel differently of course if I was nubile and I was running naked along the beach or something but you know but they you know there's there's a lot of people that have this thing about nudity going well why are we so repressed what why why is it offensive and it is why who gives a fuck you know in cultures where you just get undressed in front of each other or nudity is not a big deal and you can go to the beach and everybody's topless and and i think for certainly for british people it's the association with sex that's why nudity is wrong yeah
1: and well in here too and actually i just googled it the puritans were from england and they were trying to purify (laughs) the church of england from all catholic influences Oh, all right
0: oh, oh yeah. so in purifying themselves of the catholics they became there is a word for it um not puritanical where you take no join at the nillists is not it
1: oh could be yeah 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 could be not let me say anything yeah no there yeah no dancing no music no yeah uh, yeah that's a whole other conversation oh denial of music and dance and joy that's what the guys are like no stay with the
0: denial of dance yeah, and music and joy the denial of any form of joy because god forbid that might lead you astray it's not weird but right. actually what you and i or certainly what i believe certainly is the whole purpose of life is actually joy so yes. it's almost you know taking it to the nth degree of how not to live
1: yeah and i have to pull out my power versus force book but for those of you that are familiar with power versus force by i think it's david hawkins um he look he huh what Doctor. doctor yes and there's more he has more books that i keep meaning to get to and i oh there's just so many books a little time He, um, does the map, he maps consciousness as to how, what feelings or vibrations are lower up to high and joy is way up there. And so what I do find interesting is that, and I just listened to, um, Um, the Surgeon General that's here in the United States, uh, Dr. Vivek Murthy, he does a podcast, which we've referenced before, and he just had on this woman named Lisa Miller. She's a, a PhD, and she talks about the scientific proof of spirituality, but that the way to get to spirituality is through, and I'm paraphrasing, is through joy. So when we deny ourselves the dancing, the music, the things that actually get us closer to God, the divine, the source, or whatever we're actually continuing that separation that we keep building, which is to me, when when we were talking earlier about what I find interesting about what Alzheimer's is teaching us as a, as a collective. And I look at it through, because I, I love, I find the whole thing interesting for me personally, as I step back from my mom and I see the differences in the woman who raised me and now this person that doesn't remember. And yet at the same time, I think many times I'm actually seeing a purer form of my mom than I saw when I was younger, because there was a lot of, well, no, don't hug me now. Oh no, don't do that now. I've got to get this done. Like, no, you're in my way. Like there was a lot of that. And now it's just like, now she's a bit, she's a bit soppy. She's more like, remember that I love you. Like that's not, that wasn't, so there's like this removal of this filter or denial. And I just think like collectively, there's a couple things that, that I mentioned to you earlier, Kate. One is that, first of all, food and what we put in our body, so important because they are t- calling Alzheimer's type three diabetes. So the, we have to really watch. Mm-hmm, it's fascinating when you dive
0: in, go down that
1: rabbit hole and how to change your diet. My mom's
0: always had an excellent diet. I will say that for her always. We've never eaten fast food, never eaten processed food. Yeah. And- it
1: just, yeah, there's a whole lot that goes into it. It's just that I just find that fascinating. Um, and then, and then of course, you know, you've got your whole gene, um, your whole gene, what do you want to call it? Genome. And the, so you've got genetics and you've got epigenetics, epigenetics, I forget the word, but you have genetics, which is your genes. And then mm-hmm. you've got epigenetics, which are the switches on your genes that you can turn on or off with food and, and how you live your life. That's really interesting. But the other thing that I find Interesting is this denial of who we actually are that I find Alzheimer's begins to show us to let that denial go because there is no, there's no no separation. Essentially, yeah, exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly.
0: Yeah, not in all cases, I will say, because for some, um, the ego becomes something else because not all cases of, of. dementia because there is there's a guy at my mum's who used to be a very gentle chap and apparently he's not now whereas my mum, like your mum, has stopped i wouldn't say they're pretenses but it's like all those you you know you say the denial of and i think there was like the filters of how you should behave how you should be seen how how we're supposed to be doing things and as they advance and they lose those rules in inverted commas and they just become much more honest about who they are it's not always pretty but it's Mm -hmm. much more honest it's very Mm -hmm. interesting isn't it yeah for me the um big thing i know and i noticed this last week so last week we had another you know your mom's dying or whatever went to see her and she'd started being sick i think i we spoke then didn't we it was after Mm -hmm. that i was sitting there um and looking at all looking at the people there they're all at different stages they they have different personalities and it's all about the quality of life, and and there's a, like in our wisdom, we we decide what what life is worth living, and that's a denial in a form. This is the way you should live, because I mean Gary's joking. I think he thinks it will make me feel better. It's slightly. Uh, bad taste but i'd sort of said this about because he jokes because his mom went through this up down up down up down and she's gonna die she's not dead she's eating yogurt she's dying she's you know he's been through all of that so he's just like you just need to hang in there this could be month there could be months of this um and but he sort of when i told him about mom who literally was very unresponsive last yesterday and just lying in the bed looking like a skeleton um and mouth open looking like et and i honestly thought right that's it um and he was like, well, we should be able to, like, bump them off at that stage. Um, and then you think, yeah, but who did... And there are all the moral stuff that goes on that. But that's because our society decided this is a worthy human being. And anything that falls outside these parameters, they're not entitled to be alive. They bring no worth to us. And this then goes into the whole argument about what is your worth if you're not earning money and you're you're sucking money off the state or you require medical and and then then you get sick and poor people well what do you do with them you know all of that and that to me is a a denial of the range of capabilities that people have right from the start never mind with disease and that we are all different we all bring different things this idea that there is only one way to live and but also like this idea that if you know it would be a mercy killing and you're like well, who, who decides? Who decides yes. who's being joyful? Looking at mum today, she's having a blast. She's even like doing this with her hair, you know, and, and being playful, which she's not like that. You know, I think, well, I'd have killed her yesterday had there been a bunch of rules that said, oh, well, she doesn't look well. She's, um, you know, sucking the NHS. Well, she's not sucking the NHS dry. She's sucked my trust funds dry. No, I don't trust funds, but, you know, she's... <laughs> You, who decides when your quality of life is not good enough like we all have yeah. different ideas because a lot of people say yeah but if I get like that I will want to die and I say to them you don't fucking know that you do not know you yeah. cannot stand over here and judge what's over there and decide that you know what's going on because you don't because yeah. my mom thinks things are funny in a way she yeah. have allowed herself right right and that's, yeah, it and that's divinity. Yeah. Hmm. Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. And there. And at least I can only talk to the United States in that. You know, there is a um, there's a thought that when people get to a certain point in their life, they need to go to a nursing home. And yet, all the data and research shows that the moment you take someone out of their home and you move them somewhere else, it can actually shorten their life. Because in their home, that's where they feel safe. And that's where they feel like cared for. The thing with American culture is that we have been, we got to keep going, right? We got like, if you're not in, you got to keep going. You got to get out there. You got to do your job. You got to keep hustling. You got to keep moving to the point of our own exhaustion. So how in the heck are we supposed to be able to take care of our parents, our elders, right? And I prefer to use the word elders Cause I look to other cultures that actually honor elders, not, you know, and I know that there's lots of people out there that are doing this and I know that it's really hard and I know that's, what's coming for me. <laughs> so it's not like I'm like, but I, I just wonder if this isn't also an education for the collective to take a look at how we treat our elders and where is the respect and the time and the learning from, because I also care, like I see, people younger interact with my mom. And instead of being with her and hearing what she has to say as, you know, take your shirt off kind of thing as it may or may not be, there's still something in that to learn from. And I feel like for us as a culture right now, we're denying getting that wisdom from her in whatever state she wants it to be in. And that I find really sad. And I wanted to also say, too, about the the gentleman that you mentioned, that as you were talking about, he was really, really nice. And then as he became, as the illness took over or the change in his mind workings, we'll call it that way. That's how the guides are telling me to say it. Um, changed. He became angry. My, my mom's mom was actually that way. My mom's mom passed away from dementia and she was incredibly angry. And so I was like, yeah, what about grandma? She was angry. I asked the guides while you were chatting. And they're like, yeah, because she had to suppress that anger her whole entire life. And so when the filters came down, it was like, rawr, she was just, I mean, she was throwing feces at people. Like she was pissed. She'd spit at my mom. She was pissed. And now I understand why. When I realize, oh, she repassed all that. She had to get it out before she
0: passed. And also, um, you know, there's a fundamental human need to be heard and respected and when something starts to nibble away at your coherence like, i can't understand what my, mom was, my mom's saying anymore partly because her mouth's dry and she's worse than a cat she won't let me put lip salve on it she won't let us lick wet her lips because she's just lying there with her mouth open but trying you know, can that you know and i can't really understand her but there's as people don't understand you and stop responding to you or whatever, then that's where anger comes from as well. It's like, you know, that just builds on the anger. This is a really good book if anyone's dealing with dementia called Contented Dementia. I'll put it in the links. But th- it is about that it's like that there is going to be a frustration because if people are no longer listening to you you don't understand why you can no longer be understood so as far as you're concerned everyone in the world's now an asshole because they're not listening to you they're not appreciating you they're not and everybody's treating you differently you know and that would add to any anger you've got repressed or otherwise it's like well you know i'm still a human being and i still have needs and just because you don't understand them and then you know people well meaning people or people just because what else do you do if you don't know what somebody wants you know you 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 try and make them do calm them down or whatever and they'll be like well I, you know I'm not calm and I it, yeah it's it's mm-hmm. really it's really tricky it's mm-hmm. a very good book that actually um yeah and the thing I love about that book is it basically says doesn't matter what the truth is just l- let them live in a little fantasy keep the fantasy light mm-hmm know just lie if you have to and I I have no qualms about that you know and it's basically about just allowing people to live in what little joy they have like don't just tell them stories that keep keep them satisfied and happy it doesn't matter whether it's true or not
1: yeah yeah I don't bother explaining much to my mom when she doesn't understand we had family portraits taken a couple weeks ago it was something that I thought, oh, I personally, they were really for me, <laughs> but I also said, you know, they were for everybody there, but the place where we were in my sister's house and there was this little aspect or wing of my sister's house that was cold because of how the, it's an older home and the way the heat flows and doesn't flow. So we're in that room and my mom was cold, you know, at people age, your skin is thinner. Things aren't flowing as well as they used to. And you get, you feel cold much sooner. And, um. So my mom kept saying that my sister wasn't paying her heating bills. And she kept saying that over and over and over again, which of course I think was just my brother-in-law. I don't think it was my brother-in-law. didn't think had a whole lot of patience. I think, I don't know. Sorry, Benj. I don't know. Anyway, but um, instead of trying to explain to her what was going on, you just have to meet her where she is and say, oh, here, mom, here's a blanket. Okay, mom, we're not going to shoot right now. So just put this around you and feel good about it. Okay. And then when we shoot, I'll just move it down and we'll take the pictures and then put it back on. Okay. So I just had to keep reminding her of that because there's no sense in explaining what the dealio is. She's going to, you know, same thing happened in the restaurant. She was said that they can actually shoot Monday night. She said it too. Oh, they must not paid their heating bills here. It's cold. And I said, well, let's just get your coat back on you. So and I said you could have my coat on your lap if you want to, but she was it was anyway. It just was
0: what yeah. Teaching yeah. you patience. Say what? Oh yeah, absolutely. Patience, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I actually, you know, I I enjoy what I've learned being in the home. That you know, a, a new respect for a different way of living of a different criteria of what life's about about what is meaningful and what is not and who am i to judge and and also sometimes the simplicity of as you say meeting someone where they are there's mm-hmm. no i can't go to mum with a whole fucking pile of excuses or justifications of why i am this way or not this way i can't go and talk to her about the price of oil and whatever We'll we'll just sit and i don't know talk about nonsense Mm -hmm. you know there's no there's no agenda there's no politics there's no nothing and then uh, you know she'll get some random thoughts and I'll even if I don't understand her I'll just sort of go oh you know oh you know that's nice Mm -hmm. (laughs) they keep it positive and you know and you can see sometimes there's a flicker of that might not have been the right thing to say but she'll go along with it Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) it's just a whole new way of living
1: yeah I just you know and I'm thinking even, too, little well, Lucas is popping in here, too, because um, as, the, as animal communicators, you know, one of the things that the animals have shown me and continue to show me is that, you know, right now, and again, I can only talk from my culture, white culture in the United States, is that we're really disconnected from the divine, from everything around us, and from ourselves. And so... You know, Lucas is showing me how my mom supposedly does not like dogs, supposedly. And we lived with them for three months um, when we were between houses. And my mom would constantly complain about the dog hair. And at the same time, then Lucas would always come towards her. And then she'd start talking to him about, oh, you're such a good boy. I love you. Don't I love you? And then his tail would do the circle, which in dog language is like pure contentment. And even when she's here and she goes to sit on the couch, he always sits right next to her and puts his head on her lap. And she always pets him and she talks to him and everything like that. And then she'll complain about the dog hair, which is fine. I get it. (laughs) But it's just, to me, there's just that when my mom is just getting more and more connected with who she is. She's just saying what she needs to say. Clearly, Lucas reacts to it and is just like, oh, I see you. And she's like, oh, I see you. And then there's just more connection to what, you know, is really going on too. I just find it's just, it'd be interesting if we could look at this in that light from a spiritual perspective, Alzheimer's and dementia, in addition to what's causing it, how do we solve it? How do we fix it? How do we prevent it from happening? Which is where, you know, all the drug, you know, the drug research and whatnot is going where we just started watching the show last night on Netflix. It's done by the producers of Game Changers and it's about their Take Twins now, we can put the link in the show notes, but they take four sets of twins and they put one of the twins on a vegan diet and one on an omnivore diet. Um, and they have them do exercises and whatnot. It's an eight week study because these twins are genetically identical. So what happens when we give one one diet and one another diet and then monitor them closely. So we just started watching it last night. It's going to be fascinating, but they were, but the scientists setting up the experiment are like, we're just, it's so important about what we put in our mouth, which is also to some degree from a spiritual perspective, it's also like there's a connectivity to that too. You know how, like if you think about how other cultures really honor the food that they find or that they harvest. And there's a little ceremony around that. We don't necessarily do that anymore. We're like, Oh, what can I get? Okay, pull it in the cart. Okay, off we go. Let's go home, throw it in the microwave, take the foil off in the plastic bin, you know, all that type of stuff. There's just so much disconnect. I don't know. I'm sorry, that's a little bit of a ramble, but I'm just, it's fascinating to me, all that it's teaching. Us. I don't
0: know. It's so con- so controversial, I think, about eating. So I'll be interested here because um, I understand the incentive behind a vegan diet i don't think it's a particularly good diet but partly because people think that that's okay to just go away and eat fast food just because it's vegan that sort of thing um mm-hmm. but the the guy that i read this about pranic energy one of the i don't know if it was master cold or whatever it name <laughs> mr man who came up with pranic healing but um i was reading something on i think it was a comments on youtube about food that certain foods should not be eaten because they carry lower vibration energy. And I don't know how I feel about that because surely you can just remove that energy Um, because certainly, you know, Jews and someone else doesn't eat pork, Muslims don't eat pork, Mm -hmm. but at that time where they lived, pork was a dangerous meat to eat, you Mm -hmm. know, and it was the same with shellfish and at the, the... because of food poisoning and stuff like that. So I've always thought of it as a, a sort of cultural thing, because that was the times that they lived in, as opposed to thou shalt not eat this and shalt. Because in a way I think, well, why should eating a pig be any different to eating any other animal? You know, okay. There are choices about whether you eat animals or not, but anyway, uh, that's all very interesting, yeah. isn't it? But um, I'll, you'll have to keep me updated. Cause we've given up on Netflix.
1: Oh yeah. I will keep you updated. Cause what they're also, what the scientists are also saying is that every human being is different. So this one size fit all, like, okay, everybody in the human race, now switch to to plant-based diets. It's like, well, one, is that how your body's made? Two, is that what you're able to get a hold of? Which also then raises a whole other question about socioeconomics, because in many places, in this country in particular, there's a whole socioeconomic class that has no access to fresh vegetables or fruits. So then our whole economy actually is based on poor food. If you think about it, which is, no, I mean, that's a whole other rabbit hole and we're not going to go down there, because Aww. but it's just, yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> we're going to stay with denial and how Alzheimer's and dementia are showing us different ways that we
0: actually hold on to denial all the time in everything we mm-hmm. do and i think there's a whole just the really basic denial of not being who you are because of all these societal rules and pressures about how we're supposed to behave or how we think we're supposed to behave and and all of that i mean that's a denial right there hmm.
1: hmm. yeah yeah so i feel like that's a great place to end the conversation this week kate okay all right Well, thanks, everybody, for watching, listening to another episode of Making Like Two Humans Being. My name is Julie Heert. With me, as always, is Kate Fago. And today we were talking about denial as well, which is the theme for the entire month of February. And we were just talking about it through a little bit of a different way as far as how we use denial, but what Alzheimer's and dementia, particularly in our own mothers, is highlighting for us. So we hope you find this conversation helpful please let us know what you think let us know how it resonates for you we'd love to hear from you and if there were any errors in what we said feel free to call us out on that too so we can have a conversation about it so that we can all learn from each other and be connected that's what we're trying to go for so you can follow us on facebook and instagram you can follow us right here on youtube you can subscribe to our channel you can also share it which we would love it if you did so that others can find us Um, anytime you like an episode that helps others find us as well And you can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and whatever your favorite podcast platform is. We do these shows every single week. And with that, we'll see you next time here on Making Like Two Humans Being. Take really good care.